So we bought a fixer-upper. I wanted to record an episode to talk about our fixer-upper project and then record another episode about us moving and balancing with the suburbs. I had this all planned out to be in line with the episode I recorded with my mom, episode 60, Why We Moved. But here we are, 20 episodes later and months later, and we're still not settled in our new home. And our fixer-upper project story is not complete. I am recording this on Wednesday, April 13th. You will hear this. This will be available as of tomorrow, Thursday, April 14th. And we are hoping to move into our new home this weekend on April 16th. But we're only moving into one floor because the project's not done yet. And so I was hoping that I was going to be recording this at the end of the project and you would be getting happy to be home. It was tough, but it was it was all worth it, Megan. But you're getting still in the weeds, done taking people's SHIT. Honestly, why can't people just do their job and why do they make promises they can't deliver on, Megan? That's who you'll be hearing from today as I talk about my balance Specifically, I'm going to be talking about the balance with my communication style as a woman surrounded by men and as that person who needs to be heard and hold people accountable. Through all of it, my balance was along this precarious line between assertive and nagging and hoping to stay one and not become the other in the eyes of these people. But how I managed that line and where I walked along that line has changed through this project. And I will tell you more about that. But let's start with the line itself and how it impacted this project. For show notes, check out balancingstories.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content, free of course. And if you like what you hear and you'd like to support me, including a bit of money put towards my new studio in our fixer-upper, you can leave a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. Let's go ahead and start this conversation. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is my balancing story. It started with us looking for a new home. The choice to look for a new home, I will dive into more in a future episode when I talk about balancing with the suburbs and our decision to leave the city. We live in Munich, Germany, in an apartment, in a wonderful apartment. We love this place. But we don't have a backyard, a garden. And our life started shifting to the other side of the city, and we found ourselves in the car a lot. And I did not move to Munich to be in a car. I didn't have a car for the first 10 years I lived here, and I loved it. And so I will get into this more in a future episode, but it is to say that our goal in moving was to get back to the lifestyle that we wanted for ourselves, my husband and I, and for our kids. That was our motivation. And so the longer this process has taken, 
the longer it's taking for us to get to that lifestyle that we want. But while we're talking about my husband and I, a quick note about kind of the dynamic in our marriage as two immigrants living in Germany. I am an American. I'm goal-oriented. I'm very organized. I have grown into a version of myself that doesn't have time or patience for wishy-washy, overanalyzing, speculating chit-chat. I'm all about, what can we do? What's the first step? Let's get moving. My husband is Finnish. He's an engineer and a project manager. He's very handy, not afraid of technology or teaching himself how to repair anything via YouTube. But outside of his management role at work, he is a little bit more reserved. And he typically lets me take the lead with communication around house stuff, especially if there's any type of confrontation that needs to be had or negotiation. But over our years together, I've also become the talker for another reason, and it's my communication style. One is because my German, though not perfect, I would not even dare to call it fluent, is better than my husband's German. Another reason is just my speech pattern and the fact that I speak slower and clearer. I use a lot of nonverbal communication. I think that comes from being a teacher. I make sure to use my hands as much as possible and body language to communicate things and not just my words. I'm also a negotiator. I'm going to go ahead and throw this back to Grandma Jo, who was a professional flea marketer, and she let me participate in that process. I think I was raised because of her experience and then that trickled down to my dad that you don't pay full price. You always ask what can be done and you do it in a way that makes everyone comfortable. So because of my level of German, my communication style and ability, and my negotiation skills, I have become the talker in our relationship. But it has to be said that in several, if not most of these settings that I go into where I am being the talker for our relationship and negotiating or talking through things and trying to make my point heard, it's typically me as a woman talking to a man or group of men. And in the culture I grew up in, that's already in my head buried deep within me to know that there is a dynamic there, whether or not I want to accept that, the person on the other side of this conversation, the man in this situation, may have certain understandings of how he thinks communication and life should be, and that his position and his gender should be accepted by me in a certain way. Okay, that's a lot of, like, fluff to say I come into a situation assuming that if I'm talking to a man that he's not going to want to be talked to in a particular way because I'm a woman. And so whether or not that's true, I need to be aware that that is possible. And this is something that actually came up in a conversation with my husband and as he was asking me to follow up on something and do another thing, and I was... You know, when you're dragging your feet, you're not saying no, that you're not going to do something, but you're kind of trying to dance around getting that task done. And I realized why I was doing that and stopped and, and let my husband know, you know what, I am in a precarious situation where 
I'm a feminist. I believe in my own power and my own voice. You have never doubted my voice or questioned whether or not my gender had anything to do with my abilities. But we live in a world that does. We also live in a country, and not just Germany, but a particular state, here in southern Germany, in Bavaria, where gender roles are still very defined. And if I'm working with older German people, older German men specifically, they are likely accustomed to these gender roles and people adhering to them. And so if a woman comes in and is bold and assertive and opinionated and doesn't take SHIT from people, she's not commanding of the room. She's a nag. And the balance that I had to strike, and this was what I had to explain to my husband, is one, I don't know where these guys, the men I'm dealing with, are at and how they view my position because of my gender. And I need to feel that out first because if I cross the line from assertive to nagging too soon, then they aren't going to check the messages from me. They're not going to take me seriously. They're going to brush me off. So I need to tiptoe my way along this line, showing them my opinion does matter and that I should be heard. And in the end, I am there to hold them accountable. I am the client. I am the person whose voice matters. And that regardless of my gender, which I hate that I'm even saying that, that regardless of my gender, we need to move forward with this project as if gender didn't exist. And so that has been one of the things that has been challenging. Yeah, let's say challenging. Has been really challenging for me because I didn't know where these men stood. Not only are we in southern Germany and these people were raised in southern Germany, a lot of the people I was dealing with are also from other countries. We had men, our construction team, most of them are from Turkey. I had workers coming from Tunis, from Azerbaijan. And so I am looking at a lot of different cultural perspectives coming into this house and watching me be the leader as a woman. Now, I have been lucky that through the long process we've been through, my contractor, who is German-born and raised Turkish descent, has taken me seriously in the end. But we had to get there. We had to get there and the moment I knew that I could just speak freely and not have to filter myself for their comfort was we were on site one day and my husband and I were both standing in the garden. We were just kind of, we were actually picking up pine cones and trying to make the garden look nice while we waited for his time because he was talking to some of the workers and he yells out the terrace door, Megan! And I, you know, come running in and he tells the worker in German, this is Megan. She's the boss. And I was like, okay, we're here. We've got it. And from then on, it's been this running joke. Like yesterday we met with the bathroom fixture guy who came on site, who's never met us. And my contractor reminded him that as he's showing my husband and I, we're both a part of this conversation. He's showing us all the options. He says, the last check is with Megan because she's the boss. Like, I have last word. 
And my husband, just so you guys know, is 100% comfortable with this situation. And so it's been nice to get to this place, but it's been a process. And the question is, how did that process and the fact that I had to take time to assert myself versus starting the project that way, how did that impact everything else? Well, that's the next part. Well, I should have an extra long musical interlude before this part because it's actually been a couple hours since I recorded the rest of that, the first part of this episode. This is my life right now. My husband messaged me while I was recording saying, coming home for coffee, and we game planned the move and what's happening. So this is in real time. And it's all happening while we are packing. I am surrounded by boxes. I'm in communication with my contractor. And it's minute by minute at this point. So that's what's happening. But let's get back to the story, which is, I believe... (laughs) I'm going to wait to hear what my friends and my family think after they hear this episode. But I believe I am an assertive person. I know I'm opinionated. I can even be called blunt. But going into the situation, knowing that I am going to be a woman surrounded by men in industries that are male-dominated in a country where gender roles are still a very real thing, And having people who come from additional cultures where gender roles are heavily influenced in culture, I needed to make sure that I was communicating in a way that made everyone feel comfortable. Looking back, I actually hate that. I hate that I felt I needed to filter myself for other people's comfort when I'm the one paying for a service. But as I said before, I had this feeling that if I didn't play the game, tiptoe the line, that I wouldn't be taken seriously, that I would be considered a nag, and that I would then have a negative experience with these people that I'm contracting for things. And so that's the game I played. I started this project from working with our real estate agent who was selling this house all the way to my contractor and everyone else we've been involved with, one, I trusted they are professionals and they will do their job. That's one thing. With that, I would cut them slack and assuming that they are professionals and they know how to do their job, I didn't want to be the person, specifically the woman, who confronted them about how they do their job. Even though there were many times where I thought, there's a lack of communication here. There's a lack of action here. There's an order of operations that just seems to be a little bit mixed up. I feel I would handle this in a very different way, but I didn't want to question them. I wish I would have. I think I still could have done it in a very kind way. I could have even come if I really wanted to protect their egos. I could have come from Dan Point saying, oh, I just don't understand how these things work. Could you help me understand why we are doing it in this particular way? But I didn't. Instead, I trusted that if people said something was going to get done, that I didn't need to follow up on that. 
and that they would do their job. I wish I would have followed up. From day one, looking back now, even though we're not at the end of the project yet, but with the retrospection that I do have available to me, I would say, I wish I would have approached it by saying to whoever I was working with, hi, this is my understanding of how things will go. From, and I could even put it on my culture or my past experience, this is what I understand to be the process that we will be going through, that you will contact me for these things, we will be in touch this often, and that this will be how we communicate things. These will be in writing, these can be over the phone, this will be our main form of contact. I wish I would have been more in control, or I wish I would have had the confidence and the assurance that I could be in control in that way from day one. I think that would have saved us time, that would have potentially saved us money, but overall, it would have saved me so much stress. Stress, anxiety, anguish, tears, a lot of tears. I just wish from day one I would have said, we need to establish how we're going to be communicating with each other without this concern for how they feel about who I am. And that was the dance I did between assertive and nagging and, oh, I don't know how they're going to feel about me being an opinionated, strong woman. Oh, now I'm just hating that I played that game. I hate that any of us have to play this game in the workforce, in life, with projects. I think it's just so sad that in 2022, we still feel the need to juggle people's egos. And especially in this case, that I was juggling egos because of gender. My one group of friends, we've got a, a group chat, and we talk basically every day. And often we blame things on the patriarchy. Most of it is not related, like why we burnt our toast or why a shop was closed. But in this case, yeah, let's blame the patriarchy. Because I should not have had to filter myself and my skill, my skill of organization, self-management, time management, communication, research. I have these skills. I have built them. I teach them. This is a part of my curriculum that I help my students with. And I shouldn't have had to whittle that down, filter it, or even hide it for the ego of the men that I was working with, assuming that they could do it just as well, if not better, because in the end, it wasn't true. I should have stepped up to say, I have this skill, and I would like to contribute. Let me know how we can work together. I know this now. I know now that I could have done that. Because I've worked with these people long enough and I know that they've accepted me in that professional way. But I wonder, looking back, I wonder how successful I would have been if I wouldn't have played the game to start. Would we be at this stage in our professional relationship where they're accepting my opinions and coming to me and calling me the boss if I wouldn't have played the game at the start? where I 
fed their egos a bit, and let them be the boss first before stepping in and making suggestions? I don't know. I really don't know. But what I can say is, if I did it all again, if we do it all again, when we do it all again, I'm not going to care as much about them. Because saving time, saving money, and above all else, saving the stress that this put on my family is more important than their feelings. And that's where I'm at, balancing assertive and nagging and our fixer-upper story. So stay tuned for the continuation of this story. I can't make promises when the update will come because I am still in it. But I want to leave you today with encouragement that if you are someone, regardless of the gender you identify with, if you feel that you are filtering yourself for the sake of someone else's ego, check that. Check whether or not it's worth it. Thank you for listening. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this was my balancing story.